You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 57 called Green Screening Ed Tech with Jen Laban. In this episode, we'll talk about some of our favorite green screening ed tech and classroom project ideas. Following that, we'll put Jen on the Got Tech hot seat as we ask her about some of her favorite classroom ideas. Check it out. Our guest today is a sixth through eighth grade art and technology teacher. She is national board certified as well as a 2020 Illinois State Teacher of the Year finalist. In addition, she is an ambassador for We Video Flipgrid Wakelet Classroom Q and creator of the YouTube web series Reset EDU. Welcome to the show, Jennifer Lieben. Jen, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? We're we're doing really good. We're hanging in there and we're excited to have you on the show. I know uh, Geis especially has been talking to you uh, for a while and we have a lot of common interests that I think align with what God Tech is all about. So we're, we're pretty pumped to finally make this happen. Well, what's really funny about that intro is Nick was progressively turning red as he was trying to read all of that with one breath. I, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> So, uh, Jen, tell us a little bit. I want to just hop right into it because there's a whole lot of stuff I want to ask you because I am now getting into uh, making a green screen area in our media center. So I want to get there, but I want to talk a little bit with you about Reset EDU. You have a YouTube channel and a website. Just tell us what you can about it. Um, Well, it is my Google Innovator project so when you go through google innovator everybody has like a project i like to think of it as like a teacher passion project kind of that you come up with and mine was all about like hey how do we make teaching fun when you've been teaching for 20 years and it gets really boring which is you know kind of autobiographical so uh (laughs) um how do i approach that problem and uh you have all kinds of options you know do i start a podcast do i create an online forum do i do you know whatever all these things do you write a book um and i sort of fell on um youtube channel because it was something that not a lot of people did and i wanted to do something that is i don't know i like to do things that are not the norm um and video is kind of my wheelhouse and it's sort of the thing that i become known for so even though i feel like my technical like quality isn't like the most professional like i have fun doing it and I don't know so that's just kind of how I fell into it and uh, as time goes on there's more and more people they just kind of ask me to talk about it that's awesome I know me personally you know I, I ran into you a little bit through Twitter chats I think at one point early last year but then I actually was starting to look up green screen stuff on YouTube and you popped up and I was like uh, I know that name a little bit and you know what I think I know her a little bit from the Twitter verse so I started watching some of them. They're, they are really, really cool. So thank you. Let's get right into the whole green screen and video production topic. So mm-hmm. 
I mean, tell us a little bit about it. Tell for our listeners out there that don't know what a green screen is or video production, or maybe they're interested in it. Just give us like the uh, the rundown of it. Okay, so green screen is just kind of like the common term that teachers use for what's actually known as color keying, because you don't actually need a green screen. It could be a blue wall or a blue screen or anything that's just kind of contrasting from whatever your foreground object is. Um, and it's just the ability to kind of select that color and key it out or make it transparent. So, but it's just, we just commonly, people have come to just kind of know it as green screen because green is just a very common color that's used. Is there is there a reason they use that, that classic like green coloration? Is that like easier to sort of crop out than other colors? Well, art teacher Jen will tell you <laughs> that uh, if you think about like skin tones tend to be more warm colors, yeah. Um, you know, kinds of in the, in the reds and peaches and warm browns tones and everything. And green is the color that is opposite uh, of red on the color wheel. So okay. that is the most uh, different that it could be. So I suspect okay. that's why. <laughs> or for me, they're pretty much just two shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> or me, like super pale white. I can just have a black background. <laughs> so Nick usually, uh, you know, he's very good at pranking me all the time. And we, we shared a desk for, I don't know, like 12 years. And uh, I would literally color code everything basically using animals with my school stuff and he would always mess with me it's just that type, yes. that type of relationship he's cruel and unusual so it's true it's, it's how i made it through my day most of the time i got i have a question because i'm a classroom teacher and, and i'm pretty involved with video production just making like screencasts mostly for my own students as part of the class but mm -hmm. what would you say to like the regular classroom teacher who hears green screening and one thinks maybe it's a little too complex or maybe struggles to see the relevance is there a mm -hmm. role for your average high school middle school i don't even know if elementary uh if this is feasible for something at that level, I feel like it probably is. But what, what would you what do you say to these people who are sort of not directly in the tech media world? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I would say is that it is it is kind of a misconception that it's complicated because it's really easy, especially with like the tools that are available now. And I do know elementary teachers that use green screen with their students. I mostly see it uh, in core subject areas like science reports or book reports or newscasts or anywhere where you would do like a skit or some type of performance or even like a dramatic, maybe like a play or something. The fact that you can do it on video and you can have entire, you know, sets without having to have all of these, you know, real life objects, it certainly makes life a lot easier. Yeah. So if you're a teacher in the classroom and you want to do very minimal spending for the setup for a green screen, what do you need to get this done? Well, there are actually ways to get a green screen effect without having a green screen at all. If you just used um, any kind of like transparent PNGs and things like that, you can achieve a lot of the same effects. But if you specifically want to key out anything that's green, one thing would be to just paint a wall green. I mean, a gallon of paint is very inexpensive. And uh, at my school, my PTA actually painted the hallway in the basement for me. Previous to that, I had a green bed sheet that I put on the wall. I didn't buy like an official green screen. I've even seen teachers paint, you know, the old pull down maps that we have that no one sure. uses anymore. Yeah. <laughs> people paint those green and use those as a green screen, you know, and that's assuming that you're doing like full size people, you know, you know, humans. Uh, <laughs> if you're doing smaller, you know, green screen with like puppets or silhouettes or action figures, it could just be like a green sheet of construction paper. I'm, I'm glad you brought up um, for regular classroom teachers, even just something like a lab report, just the, the 
past couple of weeks, I've been working with another teacher who's starting to do um, their science. She's an AP bio teacher and she wanted to have her kids do a lab report in a different way. And it was, she was kind of doing like an infographic style thing with, mm-hmm. um, there's a thing online at easel.ly. Is that the one guys? Is that, yes. is that how we, yeah, yeah. easel.ly. So having the kids put together like a very visual lab report, but it did get me thinking like you could create that visual and then with the green screen effect, have them sort of record themselves talking in front of it almost like weatherman style and like pointing to things behind them. So it kind of opens up a giant world for things that are typically seen as sort of more mundane, like a lab report. And you can actually make them pretty, uh, you know, pretty exciting and and creative with that. So I think that's important for people to hear. I actually, I've always wanted to see an English teacher do that with a paper and have the students actually standing in front of their word processing document to point out like, you know, this is my thesis statement. And this is my first example and my second example, because like you're saying, that's something that could be really mundane until you're having kids like stand up and like miming it out yeah that is super cool uh when i think of all these awesome projects i also think about barriers and obstacles um because usually what i try to do is think of the barriers obstacles get out ahead of them and try to give the teacher that I'm working with a way to get around those obstacles. So let's let's just take a second and talk about some of the misconceptions of green screening and uh, video production as as a whole. So what is uh what is a couple what are a couple of these misconceptions? Um, one thing is just that it has to be expensive and it does not um, because you can just use what you have laying around. Also, as far as like cameras, you don't need fancy cameras and microphones or even lights. I mean, just if you're near a window, natural light is great. If you're using your Chromebook camera, that is great. I mean, depending on the level of your students, if they're in high school and you're having them use a mobile device, that works too. I mean, so I'm, I'm very much of the philosophy that you were saying where people think of barriers, but I like to think of like, yeah, but how can we make that work? Like you see this thing, but what if we did this instead? So very yes and. Right. I like yes and. I I think that's a good way of handling things. So going along with the cost and everything, I also see one as maybe just being so time consuming. That's one of the biggest things with any professional development, any activity that we try to integrate into the classroom and really any technology that we try to use is it's either too time consuming to learn, too time consuming to, I don't know, so they can get through the curriculum in a decent amount of time. Do you run into these same problems? Yeah, um, this is, those concerns are very much kind of like, I guess, in in teaching art, when you have kids draw, you have some kids that can knock something out in five minutes, and they're like, I'm done. But if you give them the opportunity to draw, you have kids that will spend a week on it. I mean, I think that video is kind of like that. So if you start out up front telling students, you know, we have one class period for you to complete this, or you get three days to work on this, you kind of set up that time expectation, I think, up front, because the time management has to be part of that, you know, it's like when you watch Chopped and you got to make breakfast in 20 minutes. It's that kind of a thing. Like the time is part of the kind of the constructs. Of your of your assignment and and like anything else so we say this all the time on our show it's you know a lot of these projects they do take you know, a good amount of time at the beginning but it's mm-hmm. it's you do it and you invest that time and you get these amazing results and these amazing amazing projects and then you can you can keep using them like anything else I mean it's really easy to come up with a with a quick project where you only have to put in 20 minutes and it's a worksheet and a, in like a prompt and the kids just maybe type something but you're not excited about that from year to year it doesn't keep you coming back it doesn't keep, like you said, the yes and thing, I think is a cool analogy where it doesn't make you say, well, 
like what else can I do? So I, I think there's, you know, you, there's a big return on that investment. And if and sometimes if we, uh, you know, if we sort of pay more attention to that, there's a lot of payoff there. We just had Bruce uh, Reicher on our show. I see you. Yeah. It seems like, you know, Bruce, you've got sort oh, of yeah. a, a wakelet resource there. What's that all about? Yeah, Bruce, Bruce and I are good buddies. Uh, we, we did hang out at ISTE together last summer because he's on the East Coast and he teaches well, I'm sure when you talk to him, you heard all about it, but he has his um, n- newscast that he does with his students, but we are both ambassadors for We Video. So we talk about a lot of video stuff together. We both, you know, are really passionate about the tool. And because of that, we both connected, we both work with Wakelet too. So we have this collaborative Wakelet board and any anytime we find cool green screen ideas, like on Twitter or somewhere, we just add it to our board okay. and then... Bruce is very much the cheerleader. He shares it out with anybody. So if somebody mentions <laughs> green screen on, on Twitter, you will probably get a response from Bruce with a link to our board. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Bruce is fantastic. Uh, we had a great time with him and he's actually going to uh, guest moderate one of our uh, edu mentor chats on Wednesday night. We're hoping that maybe sometime we could get you in there for that. That's uh, putting you on the spot. So I'll let you answer that later. Uh, I say yes to everything. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure we can work it out. That was easy. All right. So we'll reach out to you at some point and hopefully set up that uh, edu Twitter or edu mentor Twitter uh, (laughs) chat. I I always confuse that, but let's keep moving. Uh, So the next misconception that I kind of want to go over, I have a story about me getting observed and I had this lesson that I was super pumped about. I was jazzed up. Um, It was problem-based learning. It was student-centered learning. It had to do with lab tables. I brought in three different types of water from three different bodies of water. I had substrates in the bottom. They were pouring water everywhere, testing pH, dropping in acid rain all over the place. And uh, one of the comments that I got was, this lesson was too chaotic. And I saw that as a compliment, but apparently it wasn't. So, uh, in my review, it said that, you know, I need to be more, I need to bring the students in, but they were excited about it. They were jazzed up about it. But do you see green screen and video production lessons uh, leading to total chaos? Well, I kind of take issue with your story there because I feel like your admin had like a weird idea of what learning looked like. Do you know what I mean? They seemed very old school because I was like, I would see that chaos as like engagement, but I get it. Like teachers are afraid to kind of like loosen up the reins and like let that control happen. But I think it's important. Um, There are certain things that I put in place though, to try to, I guess, minimize chaos, but you kind of have to be okay with it. Um, I like groups of two. Um, anytime I've done groups of three or four, cause I've, I've tried it. I feel like it's less than optimal in my classes because I always have that kid that's kind of sitting and not doing anything. So until we can get maybe a better system going, maybe like more time, better structure. I, I just find groups of two work for me. And then um, I break my project up into parts. So like I give the students a grade just for their planning and their storyboarding and they have to conference with me before we start actually filming. It's um, I like it's so funny you mentioned those two things because I feel like just this is my 12th year teaching and just the past couple of years, I finally started figuring out how to tweak like little things like that. That's so much streamline a project um, that could otherwise be pretty complex like for for me it's typically like labs right i usually i had kids in groups of three to four and i could never understand why it got so crazy in class but then i was like just put them in groups of two and and now everybody has something to do everybody has a job so it sort of just takes care of all that and even you know just something as simple as sort of giving them these 
I know you said like break it up into chunks, but give them these timelines of like, there's two days in class devoted to this thing. You, you can work outside that, but it's not going to be on, on my time. Like this mm-hmm. is the time I've set aside. If you need more, that's on you. And that's crazy effective because they hear that as like, oh shoot, I guess we better actually use this time because they don't, they don't want to use their own time. They want to take advantage of what they're given. And if you just phrase it that way, it's a lot more effective than sort of coming in with these hard deadlines and or just totally leaving it up to them. So those are some pretty powerful uh, things there. And I think it's good to step back and just focus. It's almost like a, like a relaxed form of classroom management almost where you sort of trick them into into yeah. doing these things. I hate to say it like that, but that's kind of what it is, right? You're right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your setup at your school. So how many setups do you have? So how many groups can work at one time? Or if someone is absent, how do you deal with people being absent or missing for any reason? Oh, okay. I had to think about that. I'm like, I don't because I don't necessarily keep like equipment for a certain number of groups. We, we are one-to-one Chromebooks. So your Chromebook is your device or your equipment. Um, I've had classes as large as 28. I mean, and then you just, I've got 14 videos happening. It's just is what it is. Our basement hallway is very long. I mean, I can't fit 14 in there. So they kind of monitor themselves by based on when they're ready to film and they sort of cycle in and out. And it's like, if you're not filming, get out of the hallway. Um, the other thing is we do have to talk about uh, having a plan. So if your group member is absent during an extended vacation, that they have um, a Google Drive folder with all the content shared there. Um, if we're using we video, they can share the project with each other. And then any content that's in there, they do both have access to already. So it depends on your tool. But even with that, I always say Google Drive shared folder. So so let's say I'm a teacher listening to this and I want to start doing some of this stuff. Uh, I don't know, within the next couple of weeks, it kind of has the uh, creative juices flowing. What are the, what are kind of like the go-to ed tech tools that you would uh, recommend to people where they could go to start playing around with this? What do you, what do you like out, that's out there right now? Well, my number one, favorite tool of all time is WeVideo and I will talk your ear off about it. Um, <laughs> I like it because it works on all platforms. Okay. It's it's iOS, it's Chromebook, it's Android, it's mobile, it's, you know, desktop, whatever you need, anywhere you can access the internet, you can, you can get to it. It's not device dependent. So iMovie is great. iPads are great. I love them. I'm Apple at home and we are uh, Chromebooks at school. So um, the problem with uh, iMovie is that it is device dependent. So you're tied to whatever that thing is. I know a lot of teachers like Do Ink, which I always call Doink <laughs> until I learned otherwise. That's an app for green screen for iPads. Um, I know a lot of elementary teachers like that one. And But there's lots of other things you can use too. Screencastify, Flipgrid, things like that to film. Have you ever heard of uh, unscreen.com? I just heard about it actually. And I saw that you had put it in the notes and I was so excited i have not gotten a chance to try it what do you think of it well right now you could use it for i think it's very short videos like five seconds but they're expanding that i saw that on the site that they're going to expand to a longer amount of time so i think it would be cool for like i say gifts some people say gifs uh but it's gifs i i think it's gifs as well agreed yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though i will get myself a jar of that gif peanut butter gif and gif (laughs) peanut butter i just saw that but uh (laughs) They will both be on my uh, shelf in my office, and I will probably never take a single scoop of peanut butter out of there. But <laughs> that's me going off on a side note. But uh, I think it could be very useful when, when you're just trying to make little gifts to personalize learning or just be fun and funny. Yeah, I, think. I like I like the idea of unscreen because we video and do ink and those other things. There isn't a free green screen, a truly free green screen tool yet. Who knows? 
and unscreen is the closest thing to that right now. One thing I just thought, I don't know why I just thought of this, but Canva came out with uh, Canva for Education, and I know that they're mm-hmm. giving free accounts out to teachers and up to 30 students. And I know that they have a, uh, you know, the the black the background i don't know get rid of the background uh tool in with their pro version so i'm wondering if that's going to carry over to the uh the education version of canva because that could be something that's very useful i know you're very artistic nick is very good and i am pathetic my my stick figures don't even look like stick figures i don't know what i could do but i really rely on canva and some of these other tools that make people that are very challenged artistically kind of seem as a passable human being in the realm of art. I think it's, I think it's cool too, that, um, you know, you're right that there's not a great free thing yet, but I feel like it's almost right around the corner. We just recently discovered, we've kind of been fans of Screencast-O-Matic for a while, which is, I don't know if you know, pretty much like Screencastify, just like the other one that people choose from. And I don't know why I just, I kind of attached to it early on and it's been my go-to ever since for recording stuff from my computer, recording myself or, or, you know, making screencasts for my students. And they just have a green screening feature that's been added too. And is that, I think it's part of the pro version, but if you can sort of build it in with a tool that you're willing to pay for, because it does so many other things and you do kind of get this green screen capability, um, just as part of a a larger package that is something you're going to use or you're going to need anyway. And a a lot of us are even lucky enough to have schools that'll support you in that and maybe uh, fund some of those things. So I think that's worth mentioning also is that a lot of the regular tools you would typically use are starting to have this kind of stuff like built into it, which is a nice, a nice thing. My school, uh, we have a district license for WeVideo. So I looked into it, but um, I absolutely agree that if you have a tool that you can use for multiple things, you know, and and work into it, um, WeVideo does audio only recording and they recently just released like the audio boost, which was like my sticking point that made me mad um, that they didn't have it. And now that they have it, it's such a game changer. The other thing about WeVideo is that they have the library of like stock content. So if you're an elementary teacher, you can do whole videos without filming a single thing. So I feel like that tool is so powerful because it has all that stuff. It's not just a green screen tool, you know? So I I think, I really think schools need to look into that and I'd, I'd buy it for all districts everywhere because I feel it's so useful. We, we have a district license, or we have a more than enough seat license, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and we love it. And, you know, we're starting to venture out more into green screen land. We've already done podcasts through it. It's my go-to if I want to make MP3 into MP4. I love WeVideo for that as well. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're starting to catch up with WeVideo a little bit, and we definitely like the diversity of the tool. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's some EdTech tools and some misconceptions and some general information on green screening. Stick around. We're going to put Jen on the Got Tech hot seat in our next segment. You can follow Got Tech outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTech. All right, so we're about to put uh, Jen Lieben on the Got Tech Hot Seat. If you've never listened to the Hot Seat before, it's a, it's a little bit of a game segment that Geis and I put together where he comes up uh, with some rapid fire questions for our guest. The guest has never seen these before, so it's literally just whatever comes out of their mouths in the moment. I get to enjoy listening to this. Uh, it's sort of from the sidelines, and then we sort of wrap it up where I get to ask uh, some details on three responses that I find most interesting. So it's, I've Two questions. First is for Geis. Are you prepared with your your prompts, sir? 
I will go as fast as I can. Yes. All right. And Jen, do you, <laughs> do you feel ready to respond to these prompts? Ready as I'll ever be. All right. Whenever you guys are good guys, I guess you can get it started. All right, here we go. What are your top three favorite extensions? Uh, number one, screencastify. Number two, color pick eyedropper. And number three, bitmoji. What is your go-to teaching? Uh, anything hands-on or making something. Would you rather be a mentor or a mentee? Uh, definitely the mentee. What is your favorite educational quote? Without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. It's Frank Zappa. Who are your top two, three people in your PLN that we should follow on social media? I probably have a top 20, but I'll give you three. Uh, Maria Galanis, um, Beth Richter, and that's R-I-H-T-A-R, and uh, Lauren Heil. And we'll put all those in the show notes, and we might even make a blog of uh, Jen Lehman's 20 top people to follow on social media. What are three components that you look for in PD? Uh, number one, relevance. Number two, uh, sparking ideas, being creative. And number three, having fun. What is your favorite educational secret, hack, or shortcut? Um, my favorite educational secret is to just surround yourself with great, positive people. And what are the top three things you could do to reset yourself as an educator? It's a little bit harder. <laughs> uh, number one, kind of look look within yourself. What can you change? Number two, do something different on purpose and take a risk. Uh, and number three, do something silly in front of your kids, like your show off your sweet dance moves. Uh, I, I do that all the time. I like I like to uh, you know do my duty, shake my booty every once in a while down the hallway. <laughs> that's, that's just what I do. But I've uh, seen it. It's it's not pretty, but that does happen. Yeah, it kind of looks like a flamingo mating dance. I think I'm not sure. But you're having fun. Right? I have a yeah. great time. I have a great time. So usually we only give seven, but we gave eight because I wanted to really throw that recent <laughs> question in there and personalize the uh, question you. experience. Yeah, so I've all, all around uh, fantastic responses, but uh, as usual, there's kind of three things that jumped out to me. And the first one is something near and dear to my heart. And people kind of always look at me like I'm crazy for how much I love this thing. But the, the when you answered about the three favorite extensions and you mentioned the color pick eyedropper, I don't know how I could live without this thing. And, and I don't think people usually look at me, like I said, what could you possibly need that for? But for me, there's just so many times I need to, I'm kind of obsessive about making sure, you know, everything matches and it's mm -hmm. color themed. Like every unit that I have, there's like a certain color theme to those things. So that's why it's important to me. And it just makes that so easy to do. I think it, I, the students respond when they know that somebody's put that level of attention into the stuff they're looking at is, is what I think. Mm -hmm. What, what, um, how have you found this useful enough to mention to, today for the hot seat? Well, for, for me as a teacher, it makes all my stuff look way more professional. So when we're yeah. doing scratch and my stuff is the same colors as scratch, it just looks more, it, you know, it looks more official or more legit in the eyes of middle schoolers. But uh, we also use it in uh, Google Draw. We do self-portraits. So we use the color pick eyedropper to pick the colors off of the photo to make our images. They look a lot like Adobe Illustrator kind of vectory images. Um, so it's great for that too. So not just picking matching colors for branding and things, you know, and fancifying stuff, but that too. Yeah, I th that's, that's awesome. Not, not, I have to add this because it's, I really think that this uh, extension was made for colorblind people. It, <laughs> yeah. it, oh, that's true. <laughs> it let me know what shade of gray I'm looking at. 
So I, I, I had to throw that. One. Yeah. And it can even, I think it can even give you the little hex codes, right? So if you mm-hmm. want to type right. in uh, the color to get it on any kind of platform, it does all that. So it's, it's a great tool. And I think people should probably put uh, more stock into it. The other thing I like that you pointed out is uh, the question about your favorite educational secret hack or shortcut. You mentioned surrounding yourself with positive, um, positive people. I think that's such a big part of what, what we do with the podcast. And I don't know if you've found a similar thing with the stuff you're involved in, but uh, could you talk a little bit more about what that means to you and kind of what that actually uh, gives you? Because it's an easy thing to say, but to actually do it, I don't know if uh, mm-hmm. l- l- as many people practice that as they should. Yeah, uh, I have an interesting kind of a backstory, and I guess the best way I could explain it is um, a lot of teachers are familiar with the story of the, the marigolds and the walnut trees, and that you want to surround yourself with marigolds because, you know, gardener stuff that marigolds help other plants around them grow and uh, walnut trees kind of impede growth. Well, I was a walnut tree. I was a terrible, nasty teacher and I was dragging other people around or dragging them around, dragging them down with me. And uh, I had a a coworker that kind of told me uh, what was going on and it was hard to hear, but I I really thought about it and, and consciously strove to kind of turn things around. And I found that when I surrounded myself with positive people, that it kind of helped me become more of a positive person. So personal experience. I've never heard of the marigold walnut. I've never heard of that ever. Before. Oh, I will have to give you the link to the, I, to the I am, story. I definitely want to read uh, whatever story there is there. Cause I definitely <laughs> dig that, 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 that's really cool. We have a starfish uh, story. That's I have. Of, I, I'm sure yes. you heard of that one. It made a difference to that one starfish. That one. That's right. <laughs> We're going to steal the marigold thing, though, because that's not as big of a deal out here on the East Coast, I guess. Oh, so that's, that's that was like... a, um, I first heard about it in the Cult of Pedagogy. It was a Jennifer okay. Gonzalez post. So, yeah, I'll forward awesome. you that. She's amazing. Yeah, that's that's great. Okay, so that's really cool, really powerful to hear. I'm glad you shared that with us. And then uh, the last thing about resetting yourself. I know that, that ties in with, uh, with your YouTube web series, which I think is awesome, and people should check it out for ideas and inspiration and so much. Um, but I like how you pointed out just kind of doing something different or being silly or making a mistake for it's yeah it's a little harder for me to be silly in front of my students but i have found something really super powerful is to be comfortable being wrong and making a mistake to the point where i'll, I'll often like do it on purpose mm-hmm. like literally just to to lighten the mood it just has this weird effect and you you do it and you laugh about it or yeah. you, you wait for the kids to correct you and make that part of the whole experience i think that kind of stuff goes goes such a long way. So is there like a certain thing that's like you're like for me, it's making a mistake on purpose and kind of laughing, but what is, yeah. what is your thing? Uh, like you're just letting the kids know that you're human. Yeah. Um, and they already think that we're total nerds anyways. So what are we trying to like protect? So I, it, my coworkers know that when I get mad, I start singing about stuff and I'm like, Cause that's the best idea ever. When I mean, like, it's not, you know, they'll be like, Oh, Jen's singing it. Watch out. So yeah. And I'm not a good singer, but I'll just start like, cause that, I don't know. It's just this habit I had. I did it at a meeting one time and people looked at me weird and I was like, okay, that's my thing. So yeah, I'll do it around kids too. I don't know. That's, that's awesome. That's the what I was looking for though. Like this was whatever weird little thing you do. Um, I often, sometimes too, like in the middle, if I'm like solving a super intense calculation on the boards and I, I teach AP Chem and some of the stuff they have to do is so, I hate to say boring, but it's so, so deep and so involved. And you do just like 10 minutes on one calculation. It's intense. I'll just like stop and start drawing like a random, 
I don't know, a cat or a whale or just whatever on the board. And I don't explain it. I don't let the kids know I'm doing it. So they're just watching this weirdo up at the front of the room do this thing. But like you said, it just lets them know that you're a person and, and you're sh- maybe struggling to pay attention just like they are. And it's okay to pause and take that brain break for a moment and, and just kind of, you know, you show them show them, like you said, that you're just a, another person trying to make it through. So that's cool. Yeah. I took, I took AP chem, let me just yeah. tell you. And I okay. wish that I had had that support because I got a two on the test. <laughs> <laughs> no credit. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I, I probably, I didn't have AP chem. I had AP anatomy. I think I probably did about the same and I ended up being a science teacher anyway, but one of the, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I do to change it up. And when I was in the science wing, I'm a tech coach now, but when I was a bio teacher and we would go over photosynthesis or, you know, I don't know, soil comp- uh, composition, stuff like that. We have this window that opens outwards and there's like a little ledge I could climb up to. And then we're, pretty much at ground level. So when I knew that I was losing the students, they'd start yawning and all that good stuff because photosynthesis is not that exciting. At least I didn't think so. And maybe that was part of the problem. But anyway, I would just open the window, hop out, and I would have a shovel planted against the uh, building. And I would just like, dig something and then I would bring it in and I would just throw it on top of the lab table and be like this is our lab today teach me something and they, would, awesome. they would go and they would take it apart and they'd be like this 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 oh we found a rock here's a worm yay that's great and then at the end we would take five minutes and they would have to teach me something and they could go to Google, they could go to whatever they want. But you know, that window is like my saving grace. And even when Nick teaches every once in a while, I'll just walk through. I won't say anything to him, open the window, walk right out. And they're all very confused, but I feel like (laughs) as much of a distraction it is probably, it also gets them to kind of lighten up a little bit. Absolutely. what What we're really describing here is to have fun with it, right? Like you can enjoy, yourself and be yourself and that makes it everything much more enjoyable for you and the kids so a, a strong message um so that's it P- pretty much it for the got tech hot seat and we're almost out of time but uh, jen i want to ask you one more thing at the beginning i mentioned that you were a, a finalist for the illinois state teacher of the year <laughs> when do you hear about the final decision on that oh well it's it's been decided okay it's not the big winner uh, uh that was, sorry that's okay uh they announced it in october Okay. Um, there were 10 of us that were finalists and, uh, the winner was a band teacher from down South. I mean, every, every one of the finalists had an amazing long, you know, incredible story. So all very deserving. Um, so it's cool to just be grouped in with that, with that bunch of teachers. So Nick's pretty familiar with that because he just got done with his, uh, he was a, do you call it? He was our County teacher of the year. And then, uh, and then he got to go to a big conference where they, they announced the the winner, but it's well deserving. Uh, the guy's weird as all get out. So. <laughs> did, did it have a cash prize? Did you get anything? Because I didn't no. get anything. No, no, you don't get anything. It's no. actually you just get more more work, more yes. more assignments. So was, yes, it was one of those things. I, I asked you because I'm always curious people's responses. Like you. It would be great to have, but it was sort of like mixed emotions. Like, do I really want to take this on? And actually in New Jersey, you have to go on a half year sabbatical. They pull you out of the classroom and you go work uh, in, the, in the state department of education for a while on some kind of a project, which is cool. But then I was like, do I really want to be out of my class away from the kids? So I was, was, did yeah. you just have something similar or? 
Uh, well, uh, the state of Illinois used to pay teachers and several years ago that got taken away. So if you do win, you are still a teacher for the year and you're expected to do all this other extra yeah. work. So <laughs> yeah, it is sort of a blessing in disguise when you don't have to do that, but yeah. I have enough stuff to do anyways. So there's always things like we got put into a teach plus fellowship about education policy. It's kind of like being back in, you know, graduate school for that and asked to talk at stuff. And uh, yeah, there's still plenty of work to be done. Nice. All right. So that's it uh, for our show here today. Jen, we'd like to thank you so much for coming on. There's so many awesome tools we got to talk about and so much inspiration from you. I just want to encourage everybody one more time to check out uh, her uh, YouTube series, YouTube web series, Reset EDU for even more ideas and even more inspiration. So thank you very much for coming on the show. This was great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.